Hello there. Great day, everyone. So all of us are in uh, search of deeper knowing, right? When we know, it helps us create awareness. It expands our understanding. So we're always in search of knowing. Yet there's another side of knowing. And sometimes this other side of knowing can be slightly uncomfortable. And so therefore, we might pretend not to know. So what are you pretending not to know? We're going to talk about it all today on the Coffee with Rhonda show. Let's get ready to lead above the grind. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. We're super excited to be here with you today. We are your cup full of inspiration, revelation, and wit for today's savvy leader and savvy entrepreneur. And we're excited to be here today with you for episode 77. That's right, 77. That means there's only one episode left in the season after today before we poof disappear and we are gone until September. So uh, don't miss another minute of it. So we're excited to be here today. We're going to talk about what we are pretending not to know. Before we introduce our co-host and our guest for today, I'm going to ask you to like and share the video. Sharing is caring and there is someone out there who will want to hear this message. Also, if you have not yet joined our YouTube channel, please don't forget to do that as well. And we are growing our family of YouTube subscribers, and so we would love for you to be one of them. And if you haven't joined the Coffee with Rhonda show tribe, when you join the tribe, you get to look at some behind-the-scenes conversations like what happens after the show. So we do that in the Coffee with Rhonda show tribe, although I'm a little behind in getting my behind-the-scenes up, but I'll catch up this week. I promise I will. So with that, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I'm your host for the show. I am known as an RSO or a recovering stressed-out leader. Today, I'm the founder of Leadership Above the Grind Mentoring and Coaching Academy, where we help you and your organization develop elite leaders at every level of the organization. You can learn more about the work that we do at Elite Leaders. Um, is that right? Elite Leaders? Oh, EliteMentorCoachingAcademy.com. EliteMentorCoachingAcademy.com. I think I need more of this. And speaking of this, what is in my cup today and my cup of coffee? I just have coffee with a bit of cinnamon and some hazelnut cream. So that's all about me. Let's go to Miss Roz Jones because she's all fancy free and footloose down there and looking great. Hey, Miss Roz. Hello, everyone. If you can believe it, I'm finally on vacation, honey, and I'm loving it. I went to the hairdresser. <laughs> As y'all can see, I got my hair fried, dyed, and laid to the side. And I'm just out here, out here uh, by the fountains and the trees and the birds, and I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I love it, Roz. Love it, love it, love it. Do you have a cup or you just you just too busy hanging out? Well, I have I, I have the vitamin drink. It's called uh, Tropical Mango. Uh, so, but later awesome. on, I will be getting additional um, hydration liquids that I, mm. I can't tell y'all about. <laughs> <laughs> some um, some vib vibrations, as they call it, or something. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's what I'll be getting. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Roz. Good evening, Meringue. Hello, 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 everyone. Hello, Rose. I'm jealous, you know, uh, so enjoy yourself. So my name is Mireille. I'm the greatness engineer, as you all know, and I'm based in Perth in Australia, and I'm all about greatness. 
and I help people to connect with their greatness and unleash their greatness to become the best version of themselves. I am the CEO of Empty Energy Resources. I'm also an engineer, but a different type of engineer. And I'm really excited today about the subject. So I have some uh, uh, chocolate in my, you know, hot chocolate in, in my cup. And I'm ready for the conversation. Hello, everyone. Awesome. Thanks so much, Marie. All the way from Perth in Australia. We are going to get there one of these days. We're going to get the Coffee with Rhonda show live done from Perth at some point. So thank you so much. And I want to introduce everyone to our special guest today, Linda Miller. Linda, thank you so much for, um, for joining us. Tell us a little bit about you and what you have in your cup. Well, thank you. I, uh, first, I want to say it's an honor and a privilege to be here. I've been very excited about this for a long time. I am, my name is Linda Marie Miller. I am a retired finance executive. I had four decades in corporate America, but I've also been an experiential trainer, an experiential transformational trainer for 20 years. And the last five years, an, an ICF certified ontological coach. I'm here actually, though, and was invited here more as a result of the 2020 World Championship of Public Speaking and a speech I delivered at that contest, which is a contest that starts with about 36,000 contestants and you compete at different levels and ultimately end up with eight finalists on a world stage. So that's why I'm here. Uh, I think that she found me because of my speech called Pretending Not to Know. You can find it on YouTube, but it's an honor and privilege to be here. And in my cup, I have some constant comment hot tea with some stevia. Awesome. Thank you so much, Linda. We're definitely going to dive in. Yes, that is how I found you and just was so um, intrigued with your message and the way that you delivered it and really caused me to think a lot about myself and my own life. Um, before we get to that, let's say hello to um, Regina's out there. Hey, sis, good morning to you. She says, I'm Regina coming to you from New Jersey. I have yummy green tea in my cup. And mom is out there as well. Good morning. All so excited for another great show. Today I have in my cup, Mango Peach V8 Splash. Yum, yum, yum. Amazing. That always sounds so delicious. And then we also have um, Amina out there. Hi, Amina. Great to see you. Amina's here from all the way from Johannesburg. She's joining us. And in her cup, she has South African tea. So thank you so much for being here. We're going to dive into our conversation and I want to talk more about um, about knowing and uh, and I want to talk, Linda, I want to have you just summarize for us, if you will, the video um, that really captured the world. And as you said, you've been now all over the world speaking um, about this. So tell us a little bit about you and your moment of knowing and awareness. And then I'm going to ask Roz and Marae to share um something in their own lives that they might be pretending not to know. So if you're out there in the audience, be thinking about what in your life, as Linda puts this in context for us, think about in your own life what you might be pretending not to know. Linda? Yeah, so really the original thing I was pretending not to know is this, and the video lays this out, that I've been pretending not to know that I'm a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, pale-skinned beneficiary of a system controlled by people that look like me. I have been your white person who has pretended not to know what I deep inside always knew, that my silence bought me benefits in corporate America without question, but even in the world in general. So when I was able to make it to the finals in this world championship of public speaking, I knew I wouldn't win giving this speech. But it's a message that I wanted to give the world because 50,000 people were listening when I delivered it. That's a huge audience. That's a worldwide audience. What I've learned since then is that good white people calling themselves allies or people that stay silent and figure, who am I? I'm just one person. Pretend not to know that they can make a difference, that their voice can make a difference. So I think it's it, once you start pulling back what you've been pretending not to know, whether it's the pods in my Keurig uh, are filling up landfills. And I loved my Keurig, but I had to get rid of it because I started saving my pods. 
And after a few months, I realized how many of those were going into landfills and what happens to them when they get in landfills. So I could no longer pretend not to know that my curry that I love had to go. So now I drink from a regular old coffee pot. So there's just many levels to when we start asking ourselves this question. So that's how it started for me. But ever since then, I'm constantly asking myself in this moment, what am I pretending not to know? Oh my gosh, Linda. Okay, so first of all, you just scared me because now I'm thinking about my Keurig <laughs> that I love dearly and thinking, oh my gosh, you know what? I really hadn't thought much about that. So I hope through this conversation today that all of us have some additional awareness and awakening coming out from this. So Joe Beth says, uh, good morning, my usual carrots, beets, and cucumbers in my cup. Hey, Joe Beth, always great to see you. And then here's a question. Um, and I can't, there it is. Uh, so the Adolescent Redemption Project said, Linda, what did giving that speech cost you? Great question. Well, uh, the first thing it cost me is a relationship with my son. Because when, and I might cry when I talk about this, when you speak up about something like this, uh, there are white people that aren't going to like what you said. Uh, I've gotten death threats, I get hate mail, but what I get more than anything else, more than anything else, is white people saying, wow, what you say resonates with me. I've been pretending not to know. And it gives them an opportunity to step out of their whiteness and into their humanity. So it's worth all of it. But I think one of the greatest prices I've paid when you are no longer aligning with Team White and maintaining silence, not all white people will uh, be on board with that. And many of them may even be in your own family. But the benefits that I've gotten from stepping into humanity uh, is... Uh, immeasurably more meaningful to me. Oh, wow. Linda, thank you so much for your transparency and um, and for sharing it. And I'm so sorry that it cost you something so special um, and so dear. And I'll, you know, hopefully one day the reconciliation gods will will smile and and um, and that will come back together. So thank you for sharing that. And Adolescent Redemption Project, I don't know your name. I hate to call you that, but <clears throat> Thank you so much for uh, that question. So, Marae, what about you? What are you pretending not to know? Oh, it's uh, it's very difficult. I've, I, 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 I still remember when um, uh, I was uh, studying and went back to uh, to do my training. So back in 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 Gabon. And I could see different things happening, a lot of uh, corruption happening in front of, you know, my eyes. And uh, just, you know, pretended that, you know, I can't, I don't see it. But at some point, I just have to, I just had to talk about what I was seeing. People, you know, changing, you know, uh, all the, the bills and making them be and all kind of things. So at the beginning, I was like, do I have to talk about it? Or do I, I just, you know, um, just do as if you know, nothing was happening. And at some point, you know, I just said, okay, I just need to talk about it. And uh, just like Linda, yeah, there was uh, a lot of outrage and, uh, you know, people uh, trying to frighten you. And, uh, and luckily I was there just for a certain time. Uh, I could leave after that, but uh, that was a uh, very heavy, <laughs> heavy period as well, um, where, you know, you, you know that something is not right, uh, but every Uh-oh. Marae, we, we lost you for a minute. So let's go ahead, um, Roz, and come to you until we get Marae um, back. Let me sort of remove her until she's till I can see her back moving again. Uh, Roz, what about you? What are you uh, pretending uh, not to know? It could be something current or even something from the past. First of all, I wanna thank Linda for being so transparent. That touched my heart and it's really making me think uh, about some of the things that, that I have pretended not to know. I have been, I wanna say it like this. I have been con conveniently, let's say dumb 
on purpose. Conveniently dumb. And that's so I don't have to be accountable. That's so I don't have to deal with it. And so I'm, I'm saying that is to say a lot of people ask me, Rosalind, how, uh, you know, did you start your business? Can you show me how to do it? And I tell them, no, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to teach anybody. And I do that because I don't want the accountability. I don't want, I don't want to do that, but I know how to do it. It's simple. It's real simple, but you know what, by me doing that, how, it, how am I stopping the next generation of caregiver owners or the next you know generation of business owners or entrepreneurs so i have played conveniently dumb there and i've also played conveniently dumb in the, in, in, in the workplace when something has happened i didn't want to be the whistleblower i'm just being honest i, I didn't want to be because i'm gonna go back to linda but i'm gonna put it on the black side i didn't want to be known as an uncle tom mm. i didn't want to be known as an uncle tom so uh, as she thought about that, I said, wow, I can really go back. I can really go back because uh, in the black community, you know, you know, we were taught to keep our mouths shut. If you see something, don't say something. And now if, if now they're saying, if you see something, say something, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't want to lose my job. I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to bring disgrace on my family. I didn't want, you know, retribution. I didn't want to lose my job. I didn't want to lose my benefits. So that's what I have done. And I can admit that. Um, listening to Linda. Linda, thank you so much. Thank you, Roz and um, Anne Marie for both uh, sharing your stories. And it's so powerful, right? When I begin to think about what we are not knowing. So if you're out there and you're listening, what is it that you're pretending not to know? It can be something really um, sometimes heavy happening in our society, like in injustices and discrimination. It could be something in your workplace where, you know, I'm going to show you a list in a second. But for me, there's a couple of things that I want to share. The first one was um, I was involved in an incident in one of my hospitals years ago when I was the CEO at a hospital and it became this huge racial incident um, that got national media attention and coverage. And um, as a black female CEO, they just wanted it to be over. They wanted us to shh, don't talk about it. Don't rock the boat. Just let this person be. They were afraid of further retribution. And so I did that because that was the instruction that I was given. My heart was very heavy with that. I need. I felt like I needed to speak up. I felt like I needed to tell the true story of what happened in this situation. But all I kept being told was shh, shh, shh. just let it be. As a result of that, the person who um, really um, caused this chaos at the hospital felt empowered and continued to then act out and misbehave and stir the pot and cause chaos within the the walls of the, the organization. I had my staff coming to me saying, hey, like, Miss CEO, are you gonna do something about this? And what was I being told? Hands off. Don't do anything. Be quiet. We can't afford more media coverage. This is not good. Just let her be. So I did that. Right. I did what I was told. Didn't want to rock the boat until at one point I stopped going along and I started saying, "Okay, this is enough. I I can't run this organization that way. Eventually, speaking up cost me my job. It cost me my job because they were they felt like it was good they were going to have more attention if i held this person accountable but i was kind of done at that point right i was like it doesn't really matter <laughs> i i can't run the organization this way and i'm not going to do this anymore and so it eventually it cost me my job so that was the one thing right that i was pretending you know not to know that we needed to intervene in this situation sooner that we needed to have a much more assertive and aggressive posture and response to this event that happened, we needed to be more transparent and open, all of those things that we didn't do, and it ended up being a hot mess. Um, And then the second thing that I think that I, as I think about what we pretend not to know, um, I look at leadership every day now through a different lens. And there are times when I'll speak up and address the issue, and there are times when when I won't, right? And, And the reason that I do that is because I'm, quote, playing my position right? Trying to sort of stay in my lane. If I'm brought in to help an organization one way, then I try to do that. Otherwise, there are times when I won't address a toxic leader or a terrible leader, and everyone knows that they're toxic and terrible, but yet here they are, 
right? Here they are. I'm like, I cannot possibly be the only one that knows that this person is causing chaos in this organization, but everybody's pretending not to know. And so then we make those decisions every single day. So I wanted to share um, those two things. Let me go to a couple of comments and then I want to share something with everyone to get you thinking about what you might be pretending not to know. So Kyle, thank you so much for sharing your name. It's so great. I want to be able to call you Kyle. So that's awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, Crystal says, I have Copper Moon Hawaiian Hazelnut in my coffee cup. Thank you so much for joining, Crystal. Great to see you. And mom said, um, Linda, stepping out and speaking up for what you believe in is exactly what I have also done for years about my belief in Christianity so I can relate. Good for you. So as you think about it, if you're out there, there's probably something right now that you're pretending not to know. Let me share um, a graphic to just give you something to think about. And hopefully this isn't too small for you all to see. But And then just comment if any one of these resonates with you. And then Roz, Marie, and Linda, uh, see if any one of these resonates with you also. So this says, what are you pretending not to know? Number one, that injustices are rampant all around us and they're happening every single day. Number two, that we are all responsible for the environment. Therefore, recycling and all of these things is up to all of us. Number three, that some members of your team are underperforming. You might be fearful, you might be short staffed, but those members of your team, are they underperforming? And do you know that? All right, hold on. I got to put it back up. It's going to make that noise again. Your dreams are being held hostage by your comfort zone. Having information is not the same as applying it. Your success may be limited by your level of self-investment and setting boundaries is not the same as being inflexible. Sometimes we use, I'm setting boundaries when what we're really being is rude and rigid. <laughs> so those are some things to think about in terms of what we are, uh, what we may be pretending not to know. So if you're out there, I'd love to know what is it that you're pretending not to know? And um, someone on LinkedIn uh, said, hi, gang. I can't see your name. So I devote, oh, I'm devoted to my French roast. Please type your name in so that I know who you are. Um, sometimes LinkedIn will show us your name and sometimes it won't. And if it doesn't show for you, you can always join us over on YouTube as well. So, um, and here's one from Joe Beth. I quit turning a blind eye to unethical and poor practices that negatively impacted employee morale. I felt the uppers needed to know how their behavior was perceived and impacting employees. It was a toxic environment where staff behaved like an abused child, quiet and fearful. It has cost me a couple of jobs. I think this, this, this point that speaking up and also sort of leaning into your knowing has a cost. Right. There is often a cost that goes with that. So, Linda, did any one of those on the list resonate with you? Yeah, the one about pretending not to know that the, even the small injustices that happen every day in the world. We look at what happened uh, in uh, New York last week. We look at what happened in Texas just a few days ago. And we act like those are the events where we need to be angry and act or take action. But, uh, and we have the Adolescent Redemption Project on here and, and Kyle is the executive director of the Adolescent Redemption Project. The Adolescent Redemption Project, when I became aware of it and got involved with it, what I'd been pretending not to know about that injustice is that legislation that has adolescents tried as adults Sounds like something, well, well, they should be. Everybody should be held accountable. If they do adult behaviors, they should be held accountable for adult uh, uh, results. But as a mother, when I connect with, that means you are marching a child, usually a male child, into an adult male prison. That hits me differently than holding adolescents trying them as adults. Mm -hmm. It is inhumane. It is, we're the only country that does it. And it is something we can stop. It, when we say holding an adolescent accountable before their prefrontal cortex, which is where decisions, this may not be, this may be a bad thing I'm about to do, a bad decision I make. Instead, 
putting children away for life before their brains were informed to be able to make a decision that was good or bad. That to me is an injustice that we can end tomorrow by simply saying children will not be tried as adults until the age of 21. Just mm -hmm. easy enough. We could save the lives of so many people. So things like that, if we get involved and we just look at what are these daily things, but a lot of people sit back and go, well, what can I do about it? What can mm -hmm. I do about it? Our voices have such power. Mm -hmm. Our votes have such power. Run for offices. These kinds of things can make a difference. So even there's injustice in every uh, minute of life, you can find another one. And just step in, stand up, step in and speak out. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And um, Marae, did any one of those, uh, before you respond, oh, Victoria. Okay. Thank you so much, Victoria. <laughs> uh, Victoria says, I quit caring for others' opinion about me and knowing that I do good. And I do others like I would like others to do me as my guiding principle. So thank you so much, Victoria. And Maria joined us. Hi, Maria. Great to see you from the Netherlands. Uh, wonderful, wonderful to see you um, here with us. Don't forget, if you're out there, please share this video. Like and share this video. This is an important conversation. And um, Maria, I want to come to you. And after we come to you, I want to just ask us to take a side trek for a moment into the gun violence in this country. Um, and I don't know, Marae, how that compares about um, Australia. I know that you all probably don't have the gun violence that we do here, but the pretending, and this is not political, I don't care mm -hmm. what party you're from, there has got to be something we can do about the gun violence in this country. We just need to figure out we're super smart. We can put people on the moon. I'm sure we can mm -hmm. figure out gun violence in this country. So uh, let's come back to that. I wanted to put that seed out there for people to yeah. begin to think about it. Yeah, the U.S., especially the NRA is like, okay, it's not oh, because, no. you know, we have guns and that all the, all, the, all these things happen. But uh, we've, we've proved in Australia, we've removed all the guns and we don't have, the, you know, the violence just, you know, decrease. So you will never see something like that happening in Australia because there's no, you know, the, the regulation are so strong to buy guns that uh, you you will never have something like that. So it, it is an argument that, that is not, you know, working if you look at a country like uh, Australia, because that's exactly what they did. You know, they restricted access to guns. And now, you know, the, the violence, I, I'm not saying that there's no violence, but the, the violence to that extent where you have, you know, a, a 18 years old having a gun and killing 19 or 20 people, it doesn't happen. So that's uh, that's an argument that should be just, you know, a challenge at any any level. Mm. Thank you so much, Marae. Are we pretending, Roz, what are your thoughts on this? Are we pretending that we don't know that we need to do something about gun violence in this country? I think I think we're pretending because we don't want to take on the accountability. Shows like ours that take on take on topics head on is a start. What 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 we do is is impacting the people that we're listening. People think that small conversations don't make a difference, but a pebble makes a huge difference when it's a ripple in the water. So we can be those pebbles that make the ripple. The conversations have to start. Obviously, somebody in Australia said, we have to put in legislation. So why is it that our lawmakers can't go to Australia and say, what did you do so that we could do the same thing? What's wrong with going over and say, hey, I want to duplicate or replicate what you're doing? And so even here, as I listen to you guys, we were in, um, I'm here at PodFest in, in, in Orlando um, at the time of this recording, and we had a women's discussion on what are the things that are, are being ignored so far as women entrepreneurs, women podcasters, what are some of the things that are not being addressed that we can start addressing as podcasters? Hmm. So this conversation is being had, trust me, and it's important. So my thing is, again, why can't we go to Australia and say, what did you guys do? Even though it wasn't, it wasn't a popular thing to do, but at the, at the end of the day, it has saved lives. Uh, people can, you know, still have their mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. And, you know, it's not taking a toll on, um, on, on, on the country. So I think it can be done. I just don't think 
the white people are in place to come down to Australia to see what they're doing. I'm Ross Jones, and as they say on Clubhouse, I'm done speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Roz. Um, so Maria, the topic today is what are we pretending not to know in your own life, about your country, about our country, about you know any any aspect of the world that sort of surrounds you? What is it that we're pretending not to know? And, um, and Roz, such a powerful point. When we have these conversations, they matter. And next season, I think I actually want to get even a little edgier, right? I want to go a little closer to the edge next season because things like gun violence and, mm -hmm. and all of these things, I want to be able to have an open discussion with both sides, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Maria says, OMG, yes, this is the only country with this problem. It's crazy. It's um, crazy. It's crazy that we just say, well, um, you couldn't have done a background check. See, that wouldn't have found him or, you know, well, you know, he had a mental illness or, well, it doesn't matter what the reason is. We have to somehow do something about mm -hmm. it. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what the solution and, and is, not what it isn't. And, and I think what people also uh, don't want to say, it, it's money. It's about money, the power of money. And uh, that's that's there really what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's happening. It's that you know the gun is just you know generating so much money for anybody, a lot of people, and especially for the politicians. So it is it is something that they don't want to stop because then their pocket is going to be affected. So mm. that's you know that's a difficult a difficult one to solve. Mm -hmm. Of, on one part, you have people who are, you know, being killed and, uh, and, and just like, you know, I don't even know what to compare it to. And then you have, you know, uh, a powerful, uh, you know, organization and powerful people making money from that. So they're not going to stop. <laughs> really difficult. So, so let's go into that. This is a perfect segue in deeper into the conversation of why we pretend not to know. Linda, mm -hmm. I want you to lead this after we come back from our greatness minute, but start us off with why, why do we pretend not to know? You know, what, what is that? Um, something that most of us so clearly um, can really see and identify, but yet we pretend on the surface. So let's do our greatness minute first. And when we come back, we'll talk more about why we're pretending not to know. everyone, this is Mariah, the Greatness Engineer with you today. Welcome to the Greatness Minute. Today, I want to talk about making the time for your greatness. It is important that you, have, you make greatness a priority. And when I'm talking about priority, I want you to attach a time element to your greatness. Have milestone checkpoints to check on the way where you are. You can't afford to be time poor when you want to attend greatness. You have to make sure that you are rich in your time. And, and being rich in your time means that you have to manage your time properly, have clear um, objective and clear a clear mission, but a time table and a time schedule that will help you to a journey through your greatness. So mind your time and make your greatness a priority because the way you manage your time, tell the world who you are. So mind your time. That's all I have for today. See you next week. I love that. I love that, love that. Mind your time, right? Because time is the one commodity that we all have equal amounts of, right? There's there's no one doling out extra time. We all get the same amount of time. So it's really about what we choose to do with it that contributes to our greatness. So thank you so much for that, Marae. And um, so there are a couple of comments out here. Hold on a second before we get to this. Uh, Maria said the NRA is in the pocket of the Republicans, but this shit has to stop. <laughs> But this is not Dem or a Republican issue. It's not. I agree with you, Maria. It's a human issue. Um, and this is Victoria who says, armament always gained a lot of money like drugs. It's difficult to solve. And then we've got some more comments out here. Joe Beth has a long one. I'm going to try to summarize that. Just read the highlights. Um, she was told by a Texas representative 
that Texas is a low service state. And since I've been an advocate for people with intellectual and development disabilities for more than 30 years, Texas has not input more money into the system to address any of its human service needs. I live in Texas until we do right by one another. This will continue to happen. And Crystal, yes, the gun violence issues can be dealt with and develop more possibly proactive solutions. Uh, Crystal, I agree. And she also says, Joe, uh, Joe Beth, you are correct. I live in Texas and it's just really interesting um, the response is immediately outrage and then it's gone. Outrage and then it's gone. But but we don't do anything after that. So, Linda, why are we pretending not to know? Well, as a coach, as an ontological coach, I, I learned long ago that the only reason somebody does anything, whether it's stay in an abusive relationship or anything that they do at work, it's because of the payoff. There is always a payoff for a behavior. And when you talked about uh, Roz being conveniently dumb about how amazing you were and how much greatness you held and what you could create in the world by helping people build business, the payoff to that is, well, you didn't have to actually do it. You could stay safe. You could stay in your little corner. You could not step in and possibly make mistakes and fail. There's always a payoff. When it comes to guns, the payoff is the NRA puts people in office and keeps them there by dumping money into their campaigns. That's it. And if we, it could easily be solved by having one, one term offices. When you actually knew you could only come for one term, you might want to leave a legacy behind of something that meant something. It's the same thing. There's a great book called Forced into Glory, which is the story of Abraham Lincoln, the great emancipator. Guess what? He was a racist. He was not pro-Black, but he was, and the name of the book is Forced into Glory. He was forced into glory, the same way John F. Kennedy was after his death, to leave a legacy if we shorten or we eliminate the unending terms of, of politicians being able to come back and come back, then there'd be no reason for them to need money from the NRA. And they might actually start caring about our children and the citizens in this country. But I do think that there is one group of people that can change everything in this country. And I think it's a consortium of all women, hmm. women of every color. I see a million women march on Washington to say we are done we are finished. We talk about, Roz, you're in the, the, you talked about at one prior show being in the healthcare industry. I say to myself, specifically Black women in America don't understand the power that they have. If Black women went on strike for a month, who would take care of our aging white parents in the nursing homes? Who would take care of the patients in the hospitals that are being cared for? This is something about whiteness. White people put their parents in nursing homes. They don't want to take care of them. Who's taking care of them? The caregivers in this country don't realize the power that they have. Go on strike for a month, and I guarantee you the world is going to pay attention to you. Naraz is pointing at me. So I think she hears me. She gets it. So anyway, it's that. There's always a payoff. If you're pretending not to know something, if you're not taking action, it's because there's a payoff to not take action. Oh, I love that. So, so I also think about our brain in this process. What's one of the primary roles of our brain is to keep us safe, right? To keep us safe yeah. and to keep us protected. Well, when we know, when we truly lean into knowing, sometimes it can be a little scary. It feels uncomfortable. There are feelings of shame. That doesn't feel safe to our brain. So our brain goes, you know what? Let's not think about that. Let's think about something a little lighter, something more fun, something where you don't feel those emotions that the brain considers um, not safe and, and as a threat, right? So when we are pretending not to know, it allows us to stay in that comfort zone and do what we do, la, 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 la. We don't have to deal with it because um, they, we don't have to do take action. There's a saying that uh, a quote that I came up with years ago, and I think I was I can't remember if I was at a conference uh, when this ever, um, developed for me. But what it came forward 
uh, for me was that it doesn't matter what you know if it doesn't influence what you do, right? It doesn't matter what you know if it doesn't influence what you do. And in fact, um, I think I did a graphic for that one because I think this is really important for us to, to realize. When we know something, then we are then responsible for doing something about it, right? If we pretend like we don't know, and it goes back to the accountability thing that Rod's mentioned. When we pretend like we don't know, then it's all good. But when we know, then we almost have a responsibility to do something with him. So I was sharing before the show, my son and I were talking about the environment and the fact that we need to be better with our recycling. We do recycle, but it's not good enough, right? It, it's very haphazard what goes in and what doesn't and how consistent we are with it. We need to be better at that. I, am I pretending not to know that? I know that. But then knowing it, I have to do something about it. Darn it. <laughs> Which means I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone and do something I'm not comfortable with. So if you haven't shared this video yet, please take a moment to like and share the video. Your comments power our conversations. We're going to keep going here as we talk about this. So, Marae, why do people pretend not to know? Uh, why? I, I think it's just like you said, you know, we, we like to be comfortable. We don't want to disturb our, you know, you know, we, we're okay. And uh, it's not, you know, I mean, what happened, you know, yes, you're sad, you know, some kids died, but sometimes you're like, okay, my kids are okay. So I don't, yeah, I can, you know, offer sympathy, but I don't really need to get to, to get involved. So that's all of this. And I, I just wanted to come back to uh, what Linda said about the power of women and running for office to actually, you know, uh, do something. We just had an election here in, in Australia and the previous government uh, actually didn't support a lot of, you know, what women wanted. And there've been a series of... Um, of rapes by by uh, you know uh, official and the government basically protecting them, but they came out. I can tell you, women came out. They started to run and they unseat the current government. They came as independent. They came as greens and they really voted against this government and the government is out so we have we have the power you have we have the power to do something sometimes you know we can be scared but it, it's just a matter of uh, of you know taking the first step and then getting you know other people to follow and i think that's what happened you know last week so it is it is important that um sometimes even if we we feel scared or if we have uh, you know if if we we feel like it's not our problem to consult other people to see how we can help create a, a ripple effect and, and a movement to 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 address that mm. I love that, that we we have more power and mm. I think we pretend not to know that also, right? We do have the power, particularly when we come together um, as groups, as women, that we can do so much um, to change things. And Roz, anything else that you're thinking about as we talk about this, what we're pretending not to know and why? Linda, Linda snatched my edges when she said, when people go into the nursing home, who's, who's taking care of their loved ones. And I had to chuckle because 80 to 90% of the caregivers are black females. 80 to 90% of the, of the caregivers in the nursing homes, at the hospitals, you know, at that critical care, you know, that day-to-day, -day, taking them to the bathroom, changing them, feeding them, uh, you know, reminding them about their medicine, you know, doing all these things, most of them are, are black women. And she said, if we stop for 24 hours, what kind of ripple effect would that have? And so do, you know, so, but the thing is, if we come together, we got to work together. If we come together, we got to work together. And that's part of the problem because the myth, the, the stigma has been, oh, black women can't work together or women can't work together. or I can't work with other women. I want to work with men. We, we got to take that out in order to get something done. So, you know, as I listen to Linda, she, like I said, she snatched my edges, which is a good thing. And I'm going to use that. What if, 
what if we stop caregiving? So I, I think I think I think Linda for that. And, and the next thing is is that you know again accountability. Nobody wants to step out of their comfort zone. I'm safe. If I do something, I'm going to lose something. Instead of if I do something, I'm going to gain and impact people after long after I'm gone. Because what we're doing here, and I often say it is 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 a digital footprint, but it's something that will live on forever, even after we're gone. Somebody's going to look at this and it's going to help somebody. So I'm Ross Jones and I'm done speaking. Really powerful conversation. Thanks, Ross. And particularly someone will will watch this and it will live on if everybody out there shares the video. No. <laughs> so so I, I do think so. Kyle says, um, I pretend not to know that my diet powers on an institution that hurts our environment. <sighs> yeah. Like where where are we? Where are we spending our money? And is it consistent with what we know? Right? Are we supporting those um, that represent really represent what we want? This isn't about cancel culture. This is simply about choice and deciding where you want to um, spend your money. It's equally disproportionate here in NYC for caregivers. Absolutely, that that's powerful. That's a powerful conversation. <clears throat> and Kyle says, oh, excuse me. Kyle says, white people oppress these black women and then hire them to raise their children or care for their parents. Oh, gosh, I think we need a whole show on this. And he says, brilliant. We pretend not to know. There's so much we pretend not to know, but we can do something when we lean into our, our knowing. All of a sudden we get powerful. Right. Then we can truly have an impact. So, Linda, I'm going to get you to just chime in. We've been, all been saying a lot. Let me just get you to add into um, any of the discussion. Yes. So here's the and here's the flip side. Once you know, you can no longer pretend not to know. See, so there's the rub. So once you know it, whether once you know the champion within, once you know your greatness, once you actually tap into that, you can't pretend to know it's not there anymore. So there is a responsibility that comes with knowing. And there is, in many cases, a price to be paid, especially for white people. You talked, Rhonda, about in the corporate domain, you talked about your own experience. And in I've seen this in four decades in white America, white corporate America, racist behavior, toxic behavior is labeled, well, they just, their managing skills are off. We're gonna send them to some management training. Uh, I say, what if we just, as corporate America said, a company says, we don't hire racists. Instead of saying, you can't be racist at work, but on your Facebook page, you can be racist. In your own life, you can be racist. You can be toxic and we're gonna narrow down and find out what it's really all about. If racism backs it, you're out of here. If everybody stood up and said, I don't care, but white people say to me all the time, yeah, but if I spoke up, if I, if I see something, I say something at work when it's related to uh, being an anti-racist or that type of thing, they say, I'll lose my job. I say, you can find another job. How do I know that? Because you're white. You can find a job way better odds for you to find a job than the person that's being oppressed here at this office. So when people are ready to pay the price, when Everybody across the board, and this is when I say, if white women and black women join forces and say, from this moment on, it's over. It couldn't happen in corporate America. Mm -hmm. It only happens because people will stay silent. So once you know, you can't pretend not to know anymore. So get yourself educated in whatever it is you've been pretending not to know. And guess what? Whatever you have to give up, in my case, might be relationships, might be privilege with, uh, in domains that I've been operating in in the past. What you give up, whether it's when I gave up my cup of Keurig coffee, what you gain is insurmountably more valuable. And you'll find that and you will never be sorry that you stepped in and spoke out. Thank you. Wow. So when we are, it's almost, what just came forward for me, Linda, as you were speaking, is it's a shift from a lack mindset to an abundance mindset. And it's really about the gain instead of we constantly focus on the loss, what we're going to lose, who's going to be upset with us, who we're going to anger, 
what what's going to happen to me and what happens if we shift our thinking to that abundance mindset right so i am loving this conversation absolutely love it and i love every single one of our guests out there who are contributing thank you so much for contributing and supporting this conversation and participating joe beth actually shared a resource and said that this is a nonprofit organization that helps women to run for office. Thank you so much, Joe Beth. Um, Amina said, powerful indeed. We have the power to make a difference. And she also said, uh, there is always something we can do. And imagine how many countries are represented right now on uh, listening or watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. We know Maria is out there from the Netherlands. We know Amina's from Johannesburg. Um, we know that Maria is from Australia. Right, we've got us here from the United States. We we have a wide representation. A matter, imagine collectively if we all find a way to come together. How powerful would that be? Wow. So I love our international discussions and community. I think it's amazing. So let's do our top two. And every time every week on the show, we ask us. We sort of lighten the conversation a bit by sharing our uh, something that are our top two favorite things. So this week, I'm going to ask everyone to share their top two favorite beverages. Right after we do our little intro segment, we're come back and Miss Roz, I'm gonna start with you because I can see you laughing already. So just just get yourself ready after we come back here. Ms. Ross, share with us your top two favorite beverages. <laughs> One of them is Black Mama Baca. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I love. <laughs> That's a good vodka, honey. And then <laughs> my my other favorite drink is uh, cranberry juice. You can mix those two together. It's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The fact that you can mix your two favorites together. What? That is a match made in heaven. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, Linda, what about you? What are your top two favorite beverages? My top two favorite beverages are number one, any red wine. I love mm -hmm. wine. I only drink red wine. And the second one I think is a zing zang. It's like a really spicy tomato mix. It's supposed to be used for making Bloody Marys, but I like to drink it just by itself because it's got a ton of pepper in it. It's very spicy. Those are my two mm -hmm. favorites, but they oh, do not okay. go to, they do not go together. You cannot mix those together. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Awesome. Marae, what about you? What are your top two favorite drinks? So my top two are sangria. I like sangria. Mm -hmm. uh, very good. And bailes as well. So, um, but they don't go together. As <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start getting crazy on this platform. <laughs> No, that would be an interesting combination for sure. If you're out there, share with us what your top two are, your top two favorite beverages. Put that in the comments. My top two, I've become such a whiskey girl. And so I am, my top Michael. is probably an old fashioned with those really dark cherries. Yum, just delicious. And then my other top beverage is, this is going to be crazy, but I love Sonic's cherry diet cherry limeade drink. I love the cherry. I get extra diet cherry syrup. I get light ice. Look, look, I could I could put in the order right now. I love Sonic's diet cherry limeade. It is so yummy. <laughs> <laughs> when my sons are out, they'll come back with one. They'll come in with that cup, and I'm like, yes, you guys know me well. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. right. So Joe Beth says ice water with lemon and frozen margarita all right mm. frozen margarita joe beth your frozen margarita is it flavor cherry peach uh watermelon or is it just a plain margarita i do like the flavored margaritas they're delicious mm -hmm. all right i don't see any other top twos out there so let's get ready to move into our wrap-up segment we've had a lot of discussion today and some really powerful um discussions about knowing and what we're pretending not to know so what we're going to do is we're going to hold up our cups before I forget the picture, and then we're going to move into our wrap-up segment. Ms. Roz, do you have your bottle? Got it? 
Oh, you got a cup now. Look at you. Uh, Mariah, can, oh, there you go. I can see your cup now. Perfect. Thank you. All right. So that'll be our post-production picture. And after this, we're going to talk about what did we put in your cup during this conversation? You know, we show up here every week to have conversations that hopefully are stimulating and thought provoking for you, really get you to think about something. Um, how do you do something different in your life as you continue to power towards your dreams? Uh, so when we come back, we're going to ask you to share what we put in your cup during this uh, during this show. And we'll each share ours as well right after this. All right. So um, let's start with our co-host. We'll uh, talk to you all about what what share with us what we put in your cup this segment. And Linda will come to you after and then be sure that uh, you also share how people can connect with you and learn more about the work that you do in the world. So, Marae, let's start with you. What did we put in your cup today? That was a very powerful session. And uh, there's so much, but I think what I, you know, I get, you know, um, to, you know, in my cup is the fact that we can't, you know, we can't ignore, uh, continue to ignore a problem or a situation. We have to, you know, take action and look at it more from an empowerment point of view than uh, a risk uh, of losing something. And, and that's really, you know, the, the, the takeaway for me is, you know, just take action, see the opportunity to make a difference more than uh, a risk of losing something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marae. Um, Roz, what about you? I understand that if I continue to ignore something, when it's time for me to stand before judgment, you can't say servant, well done. Mm. You cannot say servant well done. That's my takeaway. And thank you, Linda. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Roz. Linda? Yeah, for me, this conversation has really exemplified the power of us all as a unified uh, group acting. When you talked, Rhonda, about it's not for me, I think of the U.S. When you, when you start talking globally, when you start talking about the and I'm going to say it, the power of women, the power of women globally, the power of women being able to support each other in office. Roz, when you were talking, I was thinking about a clubhouse is a phenomenal platform for women to support women, get, women getting into office to support, to create mm -hmm. grassroots organizations. Clubhouse is huge, right? So it's a great opportunity. Maybe we can all work together and do something through Clubhouse to get women in office that are going to do things that are pro-women, pro-humanity, pro-environment, pro-our children. And that's what I've gotten here today. Thank you so much for that, all of you. Thank you so much, Linda. Um, how can people connect with you, Linda? Well, I'm going to put in the... I'm hitting, I guess it's an internal chat. There is a link there. It, it leads to a form. And if there are any white people in the audience who want to get a list of resources, things that you can use to, uh, that I use in my uh, Whites Walking Willing workshop and in my Recovering Racist Facilitated Groups, if you're interested in any of that, I'll send it to you for free. Just go to there and fill out the information and I'll send it to you. Uh, and that's how they can connect with me. Or you can go to lindamariemiller.com, which is my website, and go to the connect button. And that will send me an email. If you have a question or you just want to connect with me or just have a conversation about anything that's been discussed today. Uh, I love to talk about this. It is, my, uh, it is my passion and my calling and my dharma in the world today. So thank you so much for, for allowing me to be here today to be a part of this conversation. I'm thank honored. You. Thank you so much, Linda, for being here. Um, a couple of final comments. Um, Kyle said the very real and uh, the very valid and doable suggestion of a multiracial coalition of women marching on Washington and taking a month off. I can drink that with every meal. Absolutely, Kyle. <laughs> you share what your favorite drink was, but we'll, we'll get to that on a, another show. <laughs> so 
So uh, Frazier's out there. Hi, Frazier. Great to see you. Greetings from Edinburgh, Scotland, another country represented. I think that makes five or six today. I don't know. I can't keep up. And he also said, hey, Roz. Um, so Joe Beth said that um, this conversation has put in her cup today. It has re-motivated me to continue speaking my truth and advocate for what is right. I would like to be a part of like-minded group of people to deliberately and strategically make powerful change from the foundation up. That is absolutely amazing, Joe Beth. Thank you so much. And Crystal said, Joe Beth, I am right there with you. Yay, I am so excited. You know, that's really why we do this show. We learn as much as all of you do. Uh, we are active participants in this as well. And Amina said, great insight, take a stand in life, work together for a better world. There's power and collaboration. You know, as we move to wrap up, uh, for me, uh, it's important for us to lean into our knowing. More than likely, we already know. There's a sense of something deep inside of us that we just need to lean into. And when we do that, then we are required and hopefully inspired to take action. It doesn't matter what you know if it doesn't influence what you do. And so that's my final takeaway for all of you today. We will uh, thank you so much for being here and tuning in and participating in another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. For my um, co-host and my guests, we'll see you in a debrief room on the other side. For everyone else out there, we'll look back to seeing you next week for the final episode of the season of the Coffee with Rhonda show. Take care, everyone.